We take a single episode of a science fiction TV series and overanalyze it to within an inch of its life. This is the Fusion Patrol Podcast. Welcome to the discussion. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fusion Patrol. I'm Eugene. And I'm David. And tonight we are going to be talking about Otherworld, the 1985 American disaster series. I have to start the episode with a little somber news. Um, and last time we talked about Otherworld, as you'll recall, we were debating how we didn't want to stop shy of halfway through the story, and so we had to plow through three and four to get through it. And since then, because I was thinking we had seven episodes, but since then I've discovered there are eight episodes. Eight episodes? Eight episodes of Otherworld. So we are only exactly halfway through, and we're going to remedy that tonight by plowing through two more episodes of Otherworld. And you know, I remembered what it was. Remember we talked about, you know, the signs that a TV show is collapsing is those those old tropes that you get. Yeah. You have the... You know, you get the, the mis island that eats people, and then you have the, whatever the other one was, the rock and roll one. And, of course, you always have the motorcycle gang episode. Every show in the 80s had to have the motorcycle <laughs> gang episode. Keep those guys employed. So let's take a look at our first episode, episode five, Village of the Motor Pigs. While traveling through the zone by bus, illegal bus, sort of-ish, they're rumbled by the zone troopers, but just as they're about to be taken in and arrested, the motor pigs, a gang of vicious motorcycle gang people, come and take them away. Give them a chance to live in their village. The rules are simple. You obey Chakta, Chakta, Trucker, whatever the guy's name was, and uh, you can't be with your family. And otherwise, everything is copacetic. So, they're put in this position, they don't like it, they conspire to get out, they try to change the way these people live. Meanwhile, Nuveen Kroll is zooming in on them. Finally, they have to have a combat between Hal and whatever his name is. And he's just about to be killed, Hal, not Chakatamarama. And then the stormtroopers come in and they escape and the story's over. So... <clears throat> Great episode, huh? Do you think so? I didn't. No. So it, was, it was different. It didn't really fit in with the other episodes we've seen so far. No, it's... there's probably a story behind that, which we could tell, I suppose. <laughs> um, Village of the Motor Pigs is the second half of the two-part, or the one-part, two-hour movie pilot, which was cut up into two episodes for whatever reason. It's bad enough. You know, if you recall the pilot episode, they arrived in their world and then they went to the android place. Yeah. So apparently the pilot would have been, they arrived in the world, then they had their adventure in the android place, then they had their adventure with the motor pigs. Yeah. And I don't see that fitting either. I mean, it just wouldn't work as part of the two-hour pilot. You'd be really confused what's going on. I, I, I Maybe that's why they cut it up. Maybe they just didn't need a two-hour pilot, yeah. but whatever it was. Uh, and you can tell this partially because the kid playing Smith is back to the original kid, although you would barely know it. In this yeah, the, the five seconds he's in, I don't think he ever had a line, did he? I don't think so. I, I, I think you might see him on the bus at the beginning, 
And then there's a point where they're brought before the motor pigs and they're made to kneel down before Chakarama Tamatama and uh, Chakarama Ding Dong, whatever his name <laughs> was. And Marjo. We'll call him Marjo because he's played by Marjo Gortner. Which I'm sure was, was a big coup for them to get him. I tell you, he was a character actor in the day. And um, they were made to kneel down before him and the five of them were there. And they split them up, and they sent them to their four separate ways, and we never saw the yeah, boy again. Yeah, we don't know again. what happened to the kid. Is he, with, is he with other kids? Did another family adopt them? Is he forced to work? We just have no clue. Absolutely no clue whatsoever. So, uh, anyway, I almost wonder if maybe they intentionally cut his segments out to kind of disguise the fact there was a different kid there. No, since they showed the episode later on. Yeah, yeah that's possible. Maybe. Yeah, because at the beginning, they were explaining how they got to this other world, which, if you're watching it as the two-hour pilot, wouldn't have made sense. Right. So they obviously so they added some scenes, some yeah. So I, I, I suspect they may have intentionally tried to hide the fact that it was a different a different Smith, yeah. which is still, like, has any, any listener out there ever heard of a person whose given name is Smith? Exactly. I mean, Johnson? Williams, no, you know, you just Smith, no, you just wouldn't do it. Um, this episode's bad. I mean, Man. is it bad? Worse? Is it badder? Is it badder? Is it worse than the rock and roll episode? Well, I think they were trying to do something with it, but yeah, just but it, nothing really went anywhere on this one. I think the this one's going to be a little bit darker. I mean, it wasn't just your typical. I mean, it's this is, this is more this is more Mad Max type. Oh yeah, this was you know, their this Mad is, Max. Yeah, out in the wasteland type of province, and but you know, it's still, still you know a little bit of it was darker. Obviously, you know, with Boy and when Gina, you know, he was you know she's there for his pleasure. Uh-huh, you know, that's uh-huh. you know somebody somebody uh, adopted, took her, claimed her. I don't know what they what they use that for, but. Um, she was the um, she was the property of a guy who turned out to be the son of yeah. Chakarama Ding Dong, <laughs> which is the way those always happen too in TV. You know, <laughs> Funny that yeah. it's awfully suspicious. Um, another thing I think is interesting is, is we get to see a little bit of this um, family dynamic. So here is this couple. They have I mean, how old do you think Trace is? 16, 17? I'd say sixteen, yeah. seventeen. So uh, we can assume that Hal and uh, his wife. Um, Whatever her name is. June? <laughs> June, yeah. June? There's too many names out of Lost in Space in here for me. Um, have been together for uh, 16 years, 17 years at least, yeah. right? I mean, we don't we don't think that the kids are the product of some sort of immoral act or indecency of, of any kind. Nothing like that. They seem like a straight stand-up family to me. But they've been together a long time. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. They're separated, but they're in the same village. And after two days, Dad has to break out from where he is. He's not exactly a prisoner, but he has to break out from where he's staying, and his wife has to break out and and to see his wife. And she's like, it's so dangerous, Hal. I just just had to see you. And then, man, they are at it. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, still frisky after all these years. It's a little bit. uh, And considering his behavior on Paradise Island a couple weeks ago, I I think he's still trying to make up for it. It, yep. it was pretty, it was pretty teenager. Let's put it yeah, that definitely. way. Everybody in the village, and this is the village of the motor pigs, not the village and the prisoner. Totally different place. But everybody in the village of the motor pigs takes drugs. All of them. That's Chakatakarama's rule. The drug is chalk, which they mine in the chalk mines. Yep. 
obviously it's not the chalk we know. No. <laughs> I mean, otherwise, <clears throat> Dover could be a whole different kind of tourist <laughs> destination, I'm thinking. Um, but yeah, that's at least their word for it, too. I mean, if the leader's name was Chalk something, I don't Well, it, it sure looked like yeah. Chalk, too. Yeah, yeah, that was the thing. It looked, that was, I was wondering if that, if his name was taken yeah. based on he's the leader of the Chalk people or whether or not they, but I mean, it was white powdery yeah, Chalk. Definitely. I mean, it was, it was definitely what we would call Chalk. And I think Kroll calls it Neuro Chalk or something, along that line. something like that. Um, as far as we know, it's, I mean, it's just pure. I mean, you you go into the mines and there it is. I mean, the dust, you're breathing that in. It's mm-hmm. not like, you know, hard drugs that we have, like cocaine or something like that, where it has to be manufactured. You know, this is actually... It grows right out of the ground, yeah. yeah. So it makes it very easy for them to obtain. So there's not a lot of... Thing. You know, the, the whole drug angle is... And, and at one point, good old Trace gets... Uh, it's up on the drugs. I mean, everybody's trying to get them to take the drugs because they all take the drugs. It's the law. They take the drug, and the drug makes you not care. You kind of yeah. zoned out. Like, I didn't care, man. It's like, you know, that kind of that kind of behavior. And, you know, the Hal won't, although he's in the mines. Yeah, breathing it indirectly. Yeah. So he, he maybe that's why he was, uh, well, then he wouldn't care. Um Mom, of course, refuses to take it. Yeah. Uh, Gina refuses to take it. And, in fact, she convinces the guy not to take it. And this is the part that bugs me about this story. I mean, there's an anti-drug message running through this episode, yes. kind of. But at the same time, it's about as unrealistic as it gets. Because you stop taking the drug and, okay, she's just fine. I mean, there, there's no... There's no penalty for them stopping no. or anything like that. So we're not talking an addiction like heroin or, or something like that, which makes it all just a little too easy and neat to um, to wrap up. It's like we've convinced a couple guys not to take the chalk anymore, and I think they're all going to be fine at the end. You know, they're just and of course, then there's no consequences for Trace being stoned up. Yeah, uh, you know, I and we don't really see why he cracks down and starts taking it he just does and maybe that's but you think that maybe taking the chalk is the controlling factor that chaka whatever you want oh, to yeah. call it that's his power because i mean we haven't mentioned oh, yeah. it yet but that there's a religious aspect oh absolutely yeah he's he's the the, the evangelical yeah. leader of these people and it, he decrees that they take the chalk and the chalk has the habit of making you not care so Okay, whatever. I don't care. Yeah. I mean, oh, there's no doubt about it. He does that intention. I, I didn't think there was any doubt a- at all that he was using this as his control, his power base. But apart from that, there's just not much story here. But of course, what is his power base? A blinding light down in a cavern somewhere, which apparently is artificial. Yeah, I <laughs> they they say he that he had it... to put on those gla- the what welder's glasses or something to protect his eyes and nobody else could look into the light because only he could talk to yeah but one of the guys said something like oh it's just a light source that's down in the cave or something i mean it wasn't supposed to be god but he knew that it was an artificial light well it was a heck of an artificial light when they went went down the thing i mean that would have been a that would have been a honking big light because it was looked like it was miles down there and shining up through the thing um man just struggled watching this to say there's anything worth even talking about. I mean, not really. I mean, you know, like you said at the beginning, they had you know they had the little duel between Hal and Chalk. 
<laughs> at the end, which is you know, it was on motorcycles. Motorcycle that's your basic. It's your basically knights and you know, dueling with each other and and how long he had the mace and he had to practice it in what an hour, figure out how to use it, and he lost. You know, and, and he was about to get killed. Yeah, he. I mean, he was a. Uh, Chakarama was going to come over. Yeah, I mean, and if it wasn't for the timing, the zone troopers coming in. Yeah, yeah. that would have been it. And of course, you know, they have the whole thing. Well, you know, man, sometimes a man can rise to do is give it his little internal narration. <laughs> and like, you know, have to, what you have to do is sometimes you can make that, make a difference and none of that. But the fact is, is that he didn't stand a chance. And maybe, what did you think? Did you think he was going to win? No, I didn't at all. I was on the fence about that one. I'm watching and I'm thinking, well, obviously, you know, he's not on the chalk. So yeah. he's actually sharper than they think. And um, we later learn he, I mean, he even knows how to read. Um, and uh, Spoilers. <laughs> and um, they just kind of portrayed it like, you know, maybe maybe dad's going to use his brain and beat this guy yeah. who's bigger than him or experienced than him. But it's it is good that I mean I mean you don't want to if you want to call Hal the he, a hero I mean yeah if you want to call him but, that but typically in shows you know you get the guy's inexperienced never used a gun never used a mace in his life you know a sword in his life and fights the guy who's been doing an expert for years and years and can figure it out in ten minutes and beat him I mean here he couldn't do it I mean Fair I think enough. he probably had to learn how to ride a motorcycle at the same time I mean he doesn't know any he of this did say I can sort of handle a motorcycle yeah so that's but yeah you know one handed and holding a so it's a, basically an abysmal episode of the show. And again, I think my prediction stands. I think the show will be canceled. In fact, so? I would be willing to bet the show has been canceled already at this point. I mean, it's, it's possible. They're probably looking for their mid-season replacement um, 12 weeks early. Man. <laughs> uh, let's see. Anything else this episode? No, I don't think so. I mean, uh, we... We get a little bit at the be- oh we do get at the beginning we do get some stories, the the old guy driving the bus, you know he's like a crazy old coot in the double decker bus driving across the zone trooper and what we learn is that he's a former zone trooper which well there you go I thought zone troopers you were in for life yeah. but contradiction he's out and he travels across the zone and he's got a zone pass supposedly to do his trading but really it's just the fact that he's an ex zone trooper and the guys that are the zone troopers in this area know him and he trades them stuff that they want and yeah. so it's kind of it's sort of illegal but it's you know it sounds like he does actually have a pass but they could still make life and of course he thinks the sterlings have a pass which of course they don't, don't. no and when the zone, well, before the zone troopers pick him up, he's talking to Gina, and he says, I heard your dad talking last night about that crazy, about coming from other worlds and stuff like that. What's that all about? And Gina tells him, oh, my dad writes books, and this is a story he's making up. And the old man, after hearing the story, he tells Gina about this province that has a different religion, and they believe in a different world exists. And I think he may have even mentioned... No, he didn't mention the pyramid. No. But believe in a different world. And so uh, Emar basically wiped them out, or nearly wiped them out in, in some of the wars. Yeah. So, But it was interesting that they tied it together. And that's not our only... There is actually one other thing in this ha- episode that occurred. And that was uh, one of the motor pigs claimed that his granddad claimed to have come from another world 
Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. And they tell Hal about it. Um, and they show him some artifacts, including, yeah. uh, is it a $1 bill? Yeah. A U.S. $1 bill. And uh, I don't think he gave him anything useful, though, did he? Well, I mean, they had the connection. He should have proved the $1 bill. Oh, look at the pyramid on there. You know, it's like. Yeah. He did say that they that they placed the pyramid it used to be open and then it closed and yeah something like that and then they put the pyramid up or something like that 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 caused it to be uh, so we got yeah pilot right so that would if this if you were thinking of this in terms of the pilot we had just learned that you need to travel the obelisks to try to find your way back to Imar and now you've found that there's more evidence that this other world that they're trying to find is in fact earth yeah of course, there's a guy, you know, riding the bus. Is he following the obelisks in the desert to do his trading? I mean, are they going to get off the beaten path already? And, and, so where did that bill come from? The United, United States. And um, how old was that bill? That was a modern bill. Yeah. And that came over the guy's granddad a long time ago. And the pyramid is in Egypt. Seems a little, it seems a little iffy. That they would accomplish that, unless it's a time, it's a time yeah. portal as well. In which case, the Sterlings have a problem, and who knows when they could go back if they ever get back to planet the planet Earth. Uh, then let's go on to episode six. I am woman. Hear me roar. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, you just hear the you just hear the titles of these things, and you just go, "Oh, this is gonna be painful." Having arrived in another province after a very, very long zone walk along the obelisks, the Sterlings find a place to live and are curious as to how basically antagonistic the landlady is towards Hal. Hal, why is he speaking in my presence? We learn that this is a province run entirely by women, and in it men are essentially slaves. They are bought and sold and our family have to adapt to this unique way of life while trying not to violate any of the many, many, many volumes of laws. Shelves and shelves, shelves and shelves. And shelves of laws <laughs> that can get you in big trouble from the, uh, the segregation laws. St- uh, stratification, stratification laws. Stratification. Yeah. Stratification laws. The kids, the boys get in trouble. Trace gets put up for auction. They bring their dangerous ways to this poor province. And all the while, Nuveen Kroll is on his way. But luckily they escape. Oh, it's... Say something about this. My head hurts just (laughs) summarizing this. It was... Yeah, it just wasn't very good, was it? I mean, they tried to take a lot of the, I guess, the, the, the sexist thoughts that, you know, men supposedly have about women. I mean, this is 1985. I didn't, wouldn't think they were that bad. I don't think they've ever been as bad as they're trying to portray in this thing. I, I mean, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I think maybe. I think maybe. And maybe some parts of the world. I don't know about, you know, the United States, the English-speaking Western part of the world or anything like that. But um, I'm saying 1950s America easily. Um, I mean, at the level that, you know. Okay, not the slavery part. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't that bad. But, no. you but know. the level when they were surprised when Hal actually could read the word the. And yeah, they were like. pretty bad. You know, he, Hal goes to the job <laughs> place to get a job. The job center or whatever it is. And he tells them that he's an engineer. And I don't think they knew what an engineer was. Probably not. I don't think they understood what the term was. Because she just turns back and says, well, can you read? And and he just he's sort of like, can I what? 
And she says, all right, we'll do a test. I'm going to have these cards. And she's holding up these, I don't know, 10 by 12 cards, a stack of them. And she says, I'm going to show you these cards, and I want you to read what's on them and see how good you're. And she's, the first one she holds up is a sign that has, in about 100-point type or 150-point type, the word the. And, you know, how goes, are you joking me? <laughs> And we progressively see through the episode, she's holding up harder and harder cards, yeah. and he's just reading these things off with, as if he spoke and read English natively. Um, and, and the women at the job center are all just like flushing with excitement. <gasps> oh. Yeah, this wasn't Planet of the Apes. I mean, where they're surprised when the humans could do something. Yeah, like... It was, it, there was a little Planet <laughs> of the Apes there. I mean, yeah, there was actually, come to think of it. I'd say there's more Planet of the Apes there than, 1950s America, yeah. but uh, uh, and so he gets a prime job, vegetable waxer at the supermarket. Sweet, yes, <laughs> that's big time job. Which, by the way, women are not allowed to go to the supermarket at all. It's nope. forbidden by law. They can't walk in one. Only men. So, um, so they have to send the boy yep. Smith, who actually gets a little part in this one from time to time. He does the shopping and gets a bunch of stuff that all the junk food. Uh huh. And he says. Go on in, Mom. You can see this is all they had. It's like, nice play there, Smithy boy. Now, the, the gist of the plot revolves around their block manager, who's also their landlord. Yeah, blush. What, Blusha? Blushia? Yeah, it was some horrible, horrible names. Fatima, Fatima Bush. Yeah. And that's, that's never say never again, isn't it? Yeah, but anyway. <laughs> um, it's something like that. And she, um, she hates them. I mean, from the word moment she sees him, because she finds out that Hal and June are a vow couple. Oh, no. Which means married, um, which is not illegal in the stratification law. But that's but, what those progressive people do. Yeah. Yeah. And um, she didn't like it. She didn't like it one bit because she is a strong conservative and men shut up. Don't talk in my presence. You know, obey the laws. None of this bow coupling nonsense. Because uh, she was like, you want to see the servants' quarters where the men will sleep? I mean, and they looked at her like, servants' quarters? Why? It's like, unless you mean the men will be sleeping here in the house with you. <laughs> and when she says that, I assume she thinks traits with Gina, too, even though they're, you know, we know them as brother and sister. But uh, Yeah. Right? Smith with the dog. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, it was, it, uh, yeah. So, you know, we get little slices of life. Uh, they try to, Trace tries to go to school, and it turns out only girls can go to school. And uh, he sees a couple of uh, giant hot twins doing sort of a martial arts thing. And he says something, and they beat him up because he's not supposed to be there. Nope. Um, I think at one point some of the girls in school come by and, like, give him a dog biscuit to eat. Yeah. <laughs> um, Later on, he and Smith are arrested by the Gender Patrol. <sighs> Who would use the name Patrol for something like that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> because they got on an elevator with women. Yeah, that was his second offense. That was his first offense. Well, that was the first offense. That was the first offense. Okay. That, that sends you to the block commander, and yeah. they just, you know, she had him chained up in the living room and then let them go to, to June. And uh, his second offense was even even better. Now, Smith didn't get involved in the second offense, but Smith was hungry and they were at home and demanding food. And apparently they don't have anything in the house that you could just eat. They have to cook steaks in the middle of the day. So 
Trace goes outside and he's cooking a couple steaks on the grill. And he wants to put sauce on the steaks. I haven't quite figured out what that was supposed to be, but he's he's working his squirt bow. And, of course, the block commander's looking out the window watching him because she's trying to find some way to get these people arrested. And he's squirting the sauce onto the steak, and he can't get any to come out. He's like, trying to try. And then the whole bottle bursts and spatters all over him. And so he has to take his shirt off. Oh, no. And he gives it to he gives it to Smith. He's like, get me another shirt. Walk the thing in. And, and Fatima Bush is uh, looking through the window. And she basically has an orgasm looking <laughs> through the window. And he takes his shirt off. She's like, oh, she got the vapors, basically. Yeah. She's like, oh, goes around the corner and he clamps her legs together to keep it from dripping or something. It's, it's horrible. And then she calls the gender patrol uh, to arrest him because yeah. uh, being naked from the waist up is apparently illegal uh, for uh, men. In. Not that we saw any women with, with their shirts off. Yeah. I know. It's like, come on. It's like, where's the fairness in this? Um, this time, though, second offense, she goes straight to auction, which mom isn't allowed to bid on him because she's his mom. And that's the rules? I don't know. Yeah. Well, why couldn't Gina bid on him then? I mean, it's like, it doesn't make any sense. Um, so, uh, Kroll comes. He finds out. So, the, the woman, the Fatima, breaks in. It's not Fatima. What I don't know, cannot think of her name. It doesn't matter. There's <laughs> there's such cardboard characters. It's not funny. I mean, she is such a cutout that you can't take her seriously. But of course, what does she do when they're out of the house? She breaks in. She breaks in and snoops because these people bring dangerous, dangerous habits. And um, she finds the access crystal and all the stuff in the place. She finds the access crystal. Doesn't have a clue what it is. No. And takes that. You know, I mean, she's just looking through some bags. She finds the crystal and then stops her entire search and leaves with a thing she doesn't know what it is. It's like a little piece of glass. I found that a little, well, silly. Yeah. I mean, it could be artwork or something, right? No, there were there are electronics in it, too, so she didn't notice that. Yeah, but you have to say, the copies that we're watching, and, you know, you, you can watch them, too. They're on YouTube. Feel free. I think... I think if you find the Fusion Patrol YouTube channel and look for my playlists, you'll find all the episodes of Otherworld set up in a playlist in case you want to watch them. The copies are appallingly yeah. bad. These are from the Sci-Fi channel, so they might be cut up, but I mean... Yeah, but even then, they're like fifth, sixth generation VHS copies, I yeah, would say at best. they look really bad, and then they've been posted. So it is, it's hard to tell. So, frankly, you know, she grabs this thing, and she's holding this crystal in her hand, and she says it looks like a piece of glass with some electronics, but it could also equally look like a sex toy. The picture's bad <laughs> enough. And maybe that's why that's what she ran off with, because I think I think we're seeing a pattern here in Miss Cardboard Cutback that she may be a little bit repressed. Um Yep. You know what I mean? Think I'm thinking with a whole thing case because you know she takes a full eye full of trace before she calls yeah. the gender. But oh, I'm a 1985 family show. That's not what it was. But today, yeah, definitely, yeah. That's that's where the, her first thought would have gone. She was <laughs> she was holding it funny. <laughs> that's all I can say. She was kind of she was kind of caressing it. Now you know she had to. It, this crystal is, I don't know, six inches long, maybe, maybe eight. Something like that. Maybe three quarters of an inch in diameter at the base. And it's reddish. It's I think it's reddish. It's, it's murky, <laughs> dark brown colorish thing on YouTube. And whenever anyone else has ever held this thing, they've held it in one hand like you would a, a baton. Yeah. 
or you turn it around like the Power Rangers did with their power crystals and insert it into the access slots. <laughs> Great, now you're well, that, changing all that. That, that sounded far worse. Than, <laughs> that's far worse than where we thought we were going on that one. But when she takes this thing, she's like holding it lovingly in both hands. <laughs> It's like, it really was kind of, I don't, I don't know. That was a, f- I think they're trying to pull a fast one on the family censors Man. on this show. I think, I think. Um, of course, the family break in and steal it back from her. So no big deal there. She just happens. Tell me if this makes sense to you. She steals this from a people's house. Now, you know, that's a nasty thing to do. She calls the gender patrol. So I'm trying to report this thing. It's this doohickey with writing on it that says the seal of Imar, and it's got a number on it. Come get it. Take it. Do something with it. You know, turn these people in. Arrest them. Whatever you want to do. It's in her house, but she feels the need to hide it in an elaborate place. Yeah. Does that seem like... I mean, would you do that? I mean, if if you broke into your neighbor's house, hypothetically speaking, and you stole one small item from their house... And you wanted to turn it over to the police or you wanted to, you know, something. Would you think that they'd break into your house? Never. Never. Yeah, because they wouldn't supposedly know that it's gone. I mean, And if they did find it was gone, they wouldn't know that she took yeah. it. And even if they did know that she took it, then they would have to be willing to break into her house and search it. So, I mean, I would be, I mean, you know, I probably wouldn't leave it out on the dining room table, but it'd be in a cabinet or it would be in a drawer. Yeah. It would not <clears throat> be hidden under a bust in a hidden cavity inside the butt. That was a little, yeah, a little far-fetched. I, I'm, I'm thinking this again, not the best of episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, what other funny things happen in this story? Oh yeah, yeah. So Hal reads through this stuff, right, and proves he can actually read, and the girls are amazed. Uh, but then later, he's required to go to quote unquote a mandatory man party when the girls have to go to the block meeting, and he goes to the man party, and it's a is it Kruppelware? Vlor, vlor, it was a V. Vorpalware. Vorpalware. It's basically Tupperware. Tupperware. Yeah. So here's the thing. He and the other guys are sitting around this guy's house. And he's a sympathetic guy. I'll tell you now that he's one of the heroes of the piece later on. And they can win stuff by answering questions. And so the guy is who's running the Vorpalware party is reading questions. You know, who was the only peacetime praetor who managed to shoot himself? And then the people would, like, guess, and if they did, they'd win some Vorpalware. I've never been to a Tupperware party, so I don't know if that's what they do, but... Uh, yeah, I don't you know, know. Play games, give away stuff, try to convince you that you want to be selling Vorpalware. Behind him on the walls, a big sign. It says, Vorpalware! And, you know, pictures and all this stuff. If they thought Hal would have trouble reading the word the <laughs> for men, it didn't really make sense that they would write the questions out for the Vorpalware guy to be asking. Yeah. It didn't. And then and then he convinces Hal that he needs to uh, sell Vorpalware. Because he used to do the vegetables, too. That's where yeah. it is. So this was like the, oh, a one-up. Step so up. He's yeah. in Vorpalware now. That's right. And, uh, and he gives Hal a permission slip that needs to be signed by a female over age 13 to allow him yeah. to be a Vorpal Welsh salesman. And again, it's like, would he know what that slip was if he couldn't read, <laughs> etc. It, it's an awful, awful episode. And of course, the moral of the story is that they show that as a, a valve couple, they can 
respect each other, love each other, and be equals, and not be have a master-servant relationship. And that's dangerous ideas in this province, but we're already beginning to see that other people are vow couples secretly. Yeah. And they like what they see, the, the Sterlings. Yeah, their neighbors. That being we, affectionate, yeah. and uh, which is a good thing they didn't catch Dad in the village pigs, <laughs> and the mother pigs village, because he was being affectionate. I'm trying to tell you. Um, you know, this show just saps the will out of you. <laughs> it, it was good to see, though, when Kroll comes to town. I mean, the, the women took him under, put him in prison real fast. And he yeah, just couldn't he, get you to go. He, he didn't want to wait for his backup. You know, just him and one henchman, I guess, decided <laughs> to go. And that wasn't good. And then he his usual charming personality yep. when he was addressing a police officer in the gender patrol. And uh, off he went to the auction. Yep. And then we learned that, you know, only female zone troopers are supposed to come to that province. Yeah. So I'm wondering if the troop that he's got coming up behind is all female zone troopers. We never find out because he's going up for auction. Yeah, Trace. Trace was won by the by the neighbors. They helped them out to get Trace out of there and use their savings. Yeah, and then Kroll was up for sale and it looked like an old lady was going to buy her for yeah. her granddaughter. So, you know, far worse would have been if he, she'd been buying it for herself. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that would have been for the granddaughter. Because my question that's kind of been – don't really think of in the other episodes is what kind of communication do provinces have with each other? Do people have any knowledge whatsoever? Because obviously, like our couple that comes in, they were talking about moving out of the neighborhood. They obviously moved in. We know how and Gina and the family moved in. Other families have moved in. Where are they moving from? I, how easy are you allowed to move into these provinces, and why don't you know about this stuff going ahead of time? I, I don't think they were moving into the province. I think they were just moving into a different part of town. Because that's what the woman, that's what Fatima said at the beginning of the episode. She said um, something about on this side of town. Yeah. You know, we don't. Okay, well, even there. Kind of, so, so why wouldn't you know moving in? Do your research. Don't move into that neighborhood if this is how they're going to treat you. It's like. Uh, you know, no. <laughs> I guess they probably treat you that way everywhere, but that they're just maybe more tolerant here and there. Yeah. You know, sometimes you move into a place and you don't realize what the neighborhood's like. Maybe they moved in and then the block lady came afterwards. It could be all sorts of reasons as to why. Um, and it's just the way it is. Remember. But we're talking all the way up to zone trooper level with all the women, you know, all the women and everything. So this is uh, much more controlling than just, you know, hey, here's the block happen and this is her ways. Yeah, I mean, there's obviously some sort of hierarchy there that, that the way the town is... And didn't they say the whole province was founded by a zone trooper? Yeah, the, you know, the, the woman. Fee- yeah. The woman's zone trooper, that's right. So, the, for example, we're saying, why isn't the couple next door, why would they live there? Okay, I can answer that question. Um, the woman lived there first. Yeah. Because we know she bought her husband at the yeah. gender arcade. And because um, they, when they went back to buy Trace... They were talking about how, isn't this romantic? This is where we met. <laughs> so it could be that yeah. she bought him and took him home, fell in love with him. And then, you know, bow coupled, but couldn't tell anyone because this is where they live. And I, I, You know, in the context of this stupid episode, that makes perfectly <laughs> consistent sense. And yeah, totally. No, I mean, it just seemed like more people, they were, the way they were talking, like more people were moving in and this things, things were getting worse. I don't feel like we have a good grasp on interprovincial mo- moves. Yeah. Um, 
I thought that it was pretty well established in the pilot that the provinces were 100% independent of one another, that they had no communication with one yeah. another, and that only the zone troopers Yeah, you moved. can't travel from one to the other. Right. We have subsequently learned that there is some limited form of interzone travel, and we have heard people mentioning about, well, I bet you've never even been to another province, which would imply yeah. that you can do it. I think that's probably maybe a practical reality of writing the stories. I mean, they obviously know that other provinces exist. Yeah. So, I, you know, it's not a very well thought out show. Like we're trying to justify a terrible show. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think that's. I don't think that's incumbent upon us to have to to, to justify their bad, yeah. inconsistent story ideas from one episode to the next. Of course, every episode, what happens? They get in trouble. They're going to get caught. What is your first thought? Leave. Leave. It's like well, they just keep moving in and stay there for too long. Why are you staying at these places? Just stay over there for overnight. Get your bed and breakfast. Go. Get back on the road. You know. You don't, why are you establishing yourselves as families? Why do you need to have jobs? Just go, 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 go. The object's to get back here to our planet, to right. our Earth. And you know, you know the, in terms of the in terms of the money, I don't think the money transfers from one to no. another. So every time they go into a province, yeah, they probably have to get a job and work to yeah. get some money for food and supplies in the next leg of the journey. But and every time you're putting your ID, I'm sure they're checking ID. School kids are back in school. Something's going to come up. Something's going to get flagged at some point, you know. And every time you're risking yourselves doing that every single time. So yeah, they should they should probably move out faster. They should have moved. I my thought was that they should have moved out about one day earlier in this province. Yeah. In fact, I'm thinking they should have moved out probably before they ever got their rental contract because it was pretty obvious <laughs> that this was not going to be. No. Not going to be a good place to And then do. when they finally did decide, oh, we got to go, oh, we'll do it in the morning. It's like, no, go now. Do it during the <laughs> night. Yeah, don't they usually have to leave town at night? Yeah, exactly. I mean, do it during the day. But unfortunately, that gave them the opportunity. I am, I'm really surprised. Uh, when I was watching the episode, I thought, I totally got it wrong. So the, the writer foxed me. They're sitting around the family. The, the, the block watch woman's crossing her house. She hates them. Hates, hates them. Hate those people. And... They're going, you know, we just, we can't stay here. We've got to leave. We're going to leave in the morning. And then they say something about the food. Yeah. Forgot what it was that caused that they didn't have any food or hadn't made any food or something like that. And so they, they go, well, let's go out to dinner. And I thought, no, no. Cause what we learned was that if the boys had any more infractions then they'd go up for auction. So that's what precipitated them deciding to leave yeah. before anything like that happens. Cause the boys just got on an elevator and that was it. They were under arrest. Um, so I thought, I, I'm sure that they would go to this restaurant and walk in with the men and that would be it. You know, it's like, you can't bring men in here. Call the gender police yeah. patrol. <laughs> And, but it didn't, didn't turn out to be that at all. I guess they were allowed to go to the restaurant and have dinner there. It's just that that was the opportunity for Fatima Bush to come over and, and steal their, their access, yeah. um, crystal. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, they foxed me. I thought for sure they were going to jail for going out to dinner. That would have been, that would have been much better. I, I think that would have been better, actually. More exciting episode. But other than that, I mean... Really, nothing. You know, you had your Playboy magazine style stuff with the men in it for auction. You know, hunk of the yeah. month or whatever, hunk. hunk something. Yeah. Of course, you know why? Why they're, they're turning the magazine? It's not 
without centerfolds. It's I don't I guess that's to convey to convey if you're that at the notion, Playboy. Yeah, <laughs> I guess it was. Uh, it was yeah. It, well, they were going for every sexist yeah. kind of thing that they could. Um, I'm was, thinking that you know I'm thinking men were portrayed as so much more inferior than how women were treated. But oh yeah, yeah they were. Oh, like I said, they gave they gave Trace a dog biscuit. Yeah. One of the girls put a dog biscuit in his <laughs> mouth. I'm like, here's a treat. It's like, here's your pet. Thank you. So it was, if it was meant to be subtle humor, they failed. Let's put it that way. It was, it was, def- it was ab- as absurd as many episodes of Sliders. Yeah. You know, I, that was a show that could have been good, but they just kept going with a ridiculous. Like, uh, here's the universe where traffic lights are green and red backwards or something something idiotically there was it was a dimensional thing so you could say that yeah. oh, hundreds of years things have changed but here you'd think you know the seth Heil had to have happened in the last 20 40 years that's a good question they did mention that the woman had made this province after the fourth unification yeah. war and Hal said that was hundreds of years ago so not like 80 right. of course we don't know how many unification wars there were, so maybe the fourth was hundreds of years ago, and the last unification war was only 80 years Could ago. Could be, yeah. So that probably doesn't tip us off of any great revelations about the unification wars, just that there were lots of them, and they happened over a long period of time. Yeah. I don't think I even bothered to look at what the next episode was, so I'm I'm going <laughs> to spare you the anticipation, but unless you've got anything else that's exciting about this episode, I'd say that mm-hmm. this one has been talked We've probably they both have been talked about. Yeah. We have probably talked more about these two episodes than the continuing bulk of mankind has <laughs> through us since this show aired. Um, I, I I know there's like some Wikipedia project or something out there, but but really this yeah, and that's some obsessive folk. You are some obsessive folk, people. I wonder if they're listening. Are you listening? All right. Well, David, thank you. Thank you. Um, you know, for both being here and toughing it out watching those two episodes and next time we'll probably watch two more episodes because i just can't imagine them being very meaty the last two episodes all right i hope you will all join us again next time on fusion patrol fusion patrol is a lone locust production like us leave us a review on itunes or Stop by and visit at our website, FusionPatrol.com. Find us on Facebook or Twitter. Search for Fusion Patrol. Or just drop us a note at feedback at FusionPatrol.com. Our music is Fight the Future by Amber Wolf.